We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. Your life perhaps would be the only Bible someone would ever read in, your, in their life. And it is your responsibility, if you are named by the name of the Lord, to ensuring that your life is worth reading. Glory to Jesus. I did explain that there are truly there are four Gospels you know, in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But you see, every New Testament believer is a fifth gospel. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. And one of the things I also emphasized on was that you don't need any title to preach the gospel. You don't need any title to preach the gospel. Every New Testament believer is a commissioned and a, and a uh, um, certified preacher of the gospel. It's not everyone that's going to be called into any of the fivefold ministry or fivefold office. Not everyone is going to be called into the office of a pastor. Not everyone will be an apostle. Not everyone will be an evangelist. Not everyone will be called into the office of a teacher. Not everyone will, call, will be called into the office of a prophet. Not everyone will be called into any of those five offices. But you know what? Everyone's been called into the office, you know, of the gospel. Hallelujah. Paul speaking to the church in Corinth says, if you have been saved, if you've been redeemed indeed, and you're now alive in Christ, just like I taught in Deeper last night, then he explained that you should then also begin to live for the one who gave himself for you. And that's the essence of our lives. All through this series, I'd also expounded unto us how and why there is a New Testament believer has no essence for living other than Jesus. A New Testament believer has no other reason for living other than Jesus. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. That was Paul's message to the church in Philippians. Glory to Jesus. So this morning, let's see, um, let, let's continue, you know, with the same focus of the fifth gospel and, you know, get to understand one or two of or one or two things. My focus actually is on tools, or what you may want to call drivers for the gospel. Tools or drivers for the gospel. Glory to Jesus. Tools or drivers for the gospel. Don't forget that yesterday, um, last Sunday too, I also did mention why we must preach the gospel. And I explained that preaching the gospel to a New, or, you know, a New Testament believer preaching the gospel, that, that is not... Um, it is not a choice, okay? You don't feel like preaching it. It's not something you do because you want to. You feel like I just feel like preaching the gospel. No, you've been commanded to preach the gospel. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's what the word of the Lord says. I see. For me, what a joy to know that Christ is looking down on me from heaven, and counting on me to extend and expand His kingdom. What a privilege! 
What a privilege that he's looking down on me and he expects me and he knows for a certain that that guy, Wale Tejumade, has no business on earth other than the gospel. So we preach the gospel not because we feel like preaching it. No. You don't preach to sinners because you just feel like, because they look good. No. You do it because that's what God commanded you to do. So in actual fact, you begin to look for every opportunity, every lacuna, huh? every opportunity or any opportunity you can grab to maybe tell them come to church. Or to say, take this tract. Or to say, here's the link to our YouTube channel as a ministry. Glory to Jesus. That's what I would do. Hallelujah. On how to preach the gospel, I had mentioned that you must know whom you're preaching. You preach Christ in love. Okay? Preaching the gospel is not a debate. Don't engage in war of words with people. No, don't engage in war of words with them. No, don't do that. Okay? Don't win the argument and lose the soul. The soul is what the Lord desires, not the argument. What's the point, you know, them, you know, you winning and saying, yes, I've been able to convince you that Jesus is Lord. Yet the person fails to accept the Lordship of Jesus still. Amen. Amen. Of what effect is that? Like I taught during deeper yesterday, Kainos, you know, I explained that, you know, and I taught that in this teaching series too, that two things a, someone needs to believe on before they can, you know, be saved. You must believe that Jesus died. Okay, according to Romans number 10 from verse number 9, you must believe that Jesus died. And number two, you must believe that he rose again. He says, 10 says, because with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. It's the believing in the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus that steers faith in you that makes a man righteous. Glory to Jesus. It says then, confession is then made unto salvation. So having believed that he died and he rose, you then open your mouth and make a confession's pronouncement of the things that you've believed. I talked to them in deeper last night and I said to them, you don't accept the lordship of Jesus through meditation. You know, if you've not given your life to Jesus, rise up. Mm. No, you're not saved. Meditation is not the same thing as confession. Because faith is not in meditation. Faith is in confessions. Glory to Jesus. Tools or drivers for the gospel. Number one, intentionality. Intentionality. You want to preach the gospel? You must be intentional, deliberate. And I'll tell you what the intentionality part of things does. What it does is that it, you, you, you begin to look out for every opportunity to share because you're intentional. If you're not intentional, you can barely preach the gospel. You know what you'll be coming up with? Excuses why there is nobody to, be, to preach to. Because the devil would also give you reasons why there are no people around you, you know, to preach to. Glory to Jesus. Intentionality. You must be intentional. 
how do you get being intentional you must be conscious that this for this gospel is the reason why i live you are intentional about eating okay you are intentional about drinking you are intentional about taking a nap be intentional about the gospel do you know that whatever you are intentional about your eyes begin to be open to seeing the opportunities in those things it is the intentionality of you wanting to eat uh, that causes you to begin to look, you know, on YouTube how to make certain dishes and how to make pastries and how to make all of all those stuff because you want to learn. You are intentional about your belly. Glory to Jesus. Number two, tools or drivers for the gospel. Number two, passion for the kingdom. Harabashata. Passion for the kingdom. Passion for the kingdom. Passion for the kingdom. You see, this is the driver um, for you to be able to witness Jesus. Passion for the kingdom. Got into church this morning during prayer workers, prayer meeting. I saw Brother Cordis. I don't think I've seen him like that before. I said, hey, you showed up this morning even for workers meeting prayer. Do you have plans for the rest of the day? He said, no. I just want to spend the day in the Lord's presence. Okay, so if you're not here right now, you perhaps will be on your bed sleeping. You get it? I know people who worship in this church. Oh, you know what they do, Brother Timmy? Some of them, they are not volunteers. Some of them, they would watch for service online. They will not come in in person for second service. What a smart set of people. And I, they do that. So how did I know that they do that? Because when they come in, before second service starts, they will come to me and say, Pastor, that message was a blessing. And I'm, sometimes I'll be wondering, you've already been by the message, why then do you still have to come into church? They want to hear it again. Let nothing take the place of Christ and his kingdom in your heart. Let nothing take the place of Christ and his kingdom in your heart. The parents of Jesus were looking for him. They went everywhere looking for him. They couldn't find him. Eventually, when they found him, he said to them, oh, what exactly is going on? Why are you looking for me? Shouldn't you know that I'd be about my father's business? You see, the kingdom's business must be done and managed and run and, and, and executed in a haste. Glory to Jesus. You hear me? The father's business must be done in a haste. I'll do the works of him who's called me, who sent me, while it is day. It says, for the night cometh when no man can work. Passion for the kingdom. Matthew chapter number 6, verse number 33 tells us. Matthew chapter number 6, verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, and all these other things shall be added unto it. Anna taught us in this church because many years ago I also used to play religion. Okay? Because what was handed over to me was for me to be seeking the Lord's kingdom because I want other things added unto it. When you read the preceding verse, you'll see that all other things being added was simply, you know, what to eat, what to drink, what clothes to wear, what house to live. Ephemeral things. 
So at some point, many points in my life actually, until the Lord brought light into my life, I was serving the Lord because I know that if I serve him, I will not be sick. Because I was taught that if I serve him, I will not have needs. And truly, he was doing those things. Oh, yeah. Say, oh, go to church. You know, when you give your life to Jesus, you know, when you are serving in the Lord's house, you know it is good. When you serve in the Lord's house, then the Lord will do for you that which you require. Yes, that's true. The kingdom influences. Do you know that's not why a New Testament believer, a new creation, should be seeking the Lord's kingdom? You should seek the Lord's kingdom, okay? Because it is actually the Lord's kingdom. And the king is in the kingdom. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So this merchandise and transactionary approach to the gospel is the reason why many people have been let down. I believe there is no disciple of mine, maybe a deeper disciple or a lofty height Christian center member who would, you know, go out, you know, and tell people wanting to preach the gospel to someone and say, you know, if you accept Jesus right now, your sickness is going to go. You know, if you just accept Jesus right now, you will never be a day broke again in your life. Because that's not the gospel. Glory to Jesus. In 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse number 16, Paul says that necessity is placed upon me to preach this gospel. Do you all understand that? Do you understand that? See, those that you should be after, if you are a Christian, are the apostles. You get what I'm saying? The likes of Paul, Peter, John, Timothy, all of all those guys. I was sharing during Biblio, you know, about the book of Acts. It's one of the things I also love, one of the reasons why I also love the book of Acts. It says, necessity is placed upon me to preach the gospel. It says, when I preach the gospel, of what benefit is it? I mean, of what pride? Why should I boast? If I proclaim the message, it's not to get something out of it. No. So, we're not doing these things because I want you to see for fame. You get it? No. No. I don't think anybody in his right sense or our right senses would establish a ministry as this, you know, because he wants money or because you. When people show you their true colors around here, you will close the church yourself. Hallelujah. When you begin to labor on people and they rise up, you know, look at you in the face and say, You're a fool. The Lord has not called you. You are useless. You are a thief you will know of a truth that they are speaking the mind of God that the Lord has not called you. Glory to Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I was speaking to my wife just last week or there about, and I was saying to her that one of the things that gives me joy about the gospel and the Father's business is I'm not doing this, you know, for the validation of anybody. No disrespect to my wife. Not for the validation of my wife. I tell her. So, she does not have to tell me, well done, great job you're doing for me to do better. Amen? Not for the validation of anybody. I don't think he's on the keyboard because he wants pastor to tell him, well done. No. Then what if pastor tells you, well done, or, and God that you claim to be serving does not tell you, well done. You choose your well done. 
that does not mean that the pastor wouldn't have, I mean, I appreciate all of them who serve here every time. It's not for validation. Give me that first Corinthians number nine, verse 16 again on the board. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter number nine, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. You know, sometimes last year, during summer season, um, I wanted to do my, um, you know, backyard and all. And I'd reached out to some landscape companies, you know, and they gave me a quote, $19,000, $22,000. So those were, you know, that was in the heat of coronavirus. So we're using my basement as the studio for the church. And my guys, one day after we were done, once we were done preaching the, I mean, service, we'll go on the deck and just maybe barbecue, just eat, drink, exchange pleasantries and all. So I remember very vividly, we stood on the deck and they said, Pastor, so what's going to happen to this backyard? I said, well, I don't know. I said, I don't have $19,000. That was the least uh, budget I've been given. I said, how can I spend $19,000? That's somebody's down payment for somebody's house. How can I spend it on grass and rocks and stone? I said, I don't have... I said, ah. I said Pastor, why not let us just get the materials and we'll do it together? Eh? I said, really? You know why I never approached any one of them? It's never my intention in life to burden anybody with anything that has to do with me. That was how my guys took it off me. I called the rock company to come put the rock down. It took us a couple of weeks. Myself leading the charge. All of them coming to my house and fixing things. I know if somebody else calls them, someone has approached me else and said that I should tell them to come and do it. I said, they will, I don't need to. They will not answer you. Say, I will pay them. I said, no, you don't get it. My boys are not hungry. The fact that you said you will pay them, if they hear you will pay them, they will tell you they are not even doing They'd rather come and do it for you, okay? And do it because they feel like doing it, not because you want to give them minimum pay on whatever. Glory to Jesus. So I went on, you know, then we got the things that we needed to get done. Then we got it done. And one day, we needed to do the landscape. And the guy that I called for the sword, this is a testimony I shared before, came in, stood on my driveway, not inside my, my driveway, and looked at me and said, I perceive the presence of the Lord around here. Are you a Christian? He did not enter my house. You hear me? He, he did not enter my driveway. He stood on my driveway. And I said, yes, that I'm a Christian. So as a matter of fact, church right now is in the basement because of the virus. He said, how much do you want to pay for the sword that you need? I was the one who told him how much I wanted to pay. You know, the person, one of the persons I had called would give me a quote of $22,000, I'd be $21,000. It was this same man he went to hire to come and do my work for me. He subcontracted. So by the time I was talking to the new man, he said, I've been to this house before. I'm sure X and Y would have given you a quote. I said, yes. He said, I'm the one who does the work for him. He gets the jobs, then he hires me to come. Out. Ah. And you know how I got the man? The Holy Spirit said, go on Google. 
and search. So I began, I saw tons of names. He said, pick that one. I picked them. Just one call. Change the whole case. Why am I emphasizing on this? I'm emphasizing on this simply because to let you understand that if you pursue the kingdom without the desire for all the things, all the things would indeed come. But if you pursue the kingdom with the desires for all the things, when all the things are not coming when you want them to come, you begin to question the king in the kingdom. So, if I, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. It's not for anything. I remember in one of those periods, while that construction was going, I mean, the, you, you know, all those things were going on then, somebody called one of my sons and said, where was he? He said, oh, that he was in his pastor's house. Maybe they did a video or something, and the person showed him my house. Said, ah, this is a big house. Said that your pastor must be balling on, trying to infer that maybe the church bought me my house or um, I'm using church fund, you know, to live. He said it said to him, say, no, that's not my pastor. Glory to God. So I'm saying that this is being done, not for any pecuniary gains. The Lord blessed me up with a house, you know, before the church started. Or the construction began even before the church started. For if I preach the gospel, so there is nothing not to be seen, not to be known, not for pocket, not for enrichment, not for any of all those stuff, not for people, okay? Not to just gather people and begin to count how many people came to church without any records of how many have actually accepted the Lordship of Jesus and are walking in the light. He says, for necessity is laid upon me. And he said, yes, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Glory to God. Number three, drivers or tools for the gospel. Membership of a local assembly. Membership of a local assembly. If you find anyone that says to you that I'm a Christian and you ask them what church do they attend, and they cannot tell you in specifics. Something is wrong somewhere. Membership of local assembly. Glory to God. Membership of a local assembly. Membership of a local assembly. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter number 10 verse 25. Do not neglect the assembly of the brethren. Take a look at it. Hebrews 10 25. Do not neglect the assembly of the brethren. Membership of a local assembly. It has a way of steering up your heart. Huh? For the father's business. And not just a local assembly. An assembly that is indeed founded on Christ. He says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves altogether. As is the manner of some. Okay. By exalting one another and so much the more as you see the day. Can you see the day in calves? What do you think he was referring, the writer was referring? The return of the Lord. Glory to God. So, it didn't start today that people, you know, start church. You wake up in the morning and you say, you don't feel like going to church today. You don't, you don't understand what's been committed into your hand. 
So that means you're saying, you woke up one morning and you say, I don't feel like seeing my siblings today. No. Every opportunity, because church is a family. Every opportunity to, to, you have to get in there, you do it. You don't wake up one morning and say, um, today I don't feel like getting, going to job, going to my office. If you call in sick today, you call in sick tomorrow. After a while, they'll fire you. That's the reason why you also have limits as to the number of times you can even call in sick. But you see, because in the Lord's presence, nobody monitors you, nobody sanctions you when you show up and when you don't show up. We take things for granted. Listen, it is important for anyone who is named by the name of the Lord to be identified with the local assembly. In Loftyad, for example, there are five categories of members. You have the community, you have the crowd, you have the, um, um, the congregation, you have the call. Then you have the ministers. Not a place where something would happen, okay, and they'd say, do you know this person? And they say they don't know him or they don't know her. And if you've identified a local assembly, stay put there, stay planted. Stay planted. One way to stay planted and to make your impact count in the local assembly is by serving. May that period never come in my life where it will be recorded concerning any of my generations even to come that at some point they were serving in the Lord's house but they're no longer serving. May I know this for a certain. Those who serve around me, who serve with me, that's my disciples here in this ministry, they never get to any church. Maybe they relocate, for example, and feel complacent. Even if you cannot make it, you know, in person, okay, that's because you are not in the local. It's called a local assembly for a purpose, okay? Local means your locality, where you are. Okay, so now we can say the world has now become a global village. Even when you say you relocate or you move elsewhere, and say, say for example, in Lofty Height, you still want to choose to continue to connect to Lofty Height. Whatsoever thing you were doing uh, that made you committed then, you can keep doing the same thing virtually. Or worse still, move to another unit within the same local assembly. You see, one of the things many believers also don't understand is that there are graces on every church founded on Christ. I'll tell you what. The minister of God, that's the set man over that commission, has angels assigned to him. Glory to God. When I want to minister, and I'm here, for example, many a times, just like it happened during Deepa yesterday, I'd hear the Lord say to me, your angels are on the altar already waiting for you. Once I, you know, perceive that sense, and there is nothing I declare or nothing I say in such service that the Lord does not stamp. That's one thing many people don't know. That there are angels assigned also to ministries, to churches. So if you belong to that local assembly, certain graces continue to follow you. But today, you go to church A. Why are you going to church A? Is there Super Sunday? Uh, they will do this honor. Tomorrow, where are you worshiping? I'm going to church B. Why are you going to church B? They just bought a new LCD screen. Next tomorrow, you are going to church C. Why are you going to church C? My friend says I should come to church C. 
Do you know that your friend who would invite you to their church, they're able to invite you to come. Not that they're having any special program. They're able to invite you to come because they know that you're not relevant in your local assembly. You don't know. Okay. The Lord give you wisdom in Jesus' name. Because, okay, so, if you have a friend, for example, with how committed you are in this ministry, and your friend too is truly in the Lord, they are not having special program in their church, just a regular Sunday service. Do you think that friend will be bold enough to open the mouth and say, come to my church? Okay, come and do what? If they are having tea anniversary, they are having conferences, you know, and it's not clashing with your own Officiation or whatever, and say, Hey, my church is doing this and doing that. Please come. It's a totally different ball game. But they keep extending invite to you because they know that you don't have a home. And they know wherever Belef is, that's where you go. I'm sorry, let me explain that better. <laughs> they know that it is wherever place they call you are, that's where you go. Glory to Jesus. I hope somebody's getting blessed. If you are getting blessed, celebrate Jesus. <laughs> membership of a local assembly. Membership of a local Don't play with it. Do you know that there are people in this church who follow me, for example, on social media and all of those, who are very mindful of the kind of content they post because they know that they are following pastor and pastor is following them. It's a check on your life. They're laughing. Many of them don't even want to see me there anymore. Anyways, I've left already. So, oh yes, I have. Can't find me on any social media. Whatever. At least for now, until the Lord says, go back. And you guys begin to block me. Unfollow me, unfriend me. Because pastor is saying, why wouldn't I leave? I have to leave. I have to live and respect myself. So you can have it for yourself. And you can enjoy the entirety of the media space. So all those nonsense you want to be posting, go ahead and be posting them. Whoever owns the sub should catch it. Glory to Jesus. Come and celebrate Jesus now. A membership of a local assembly. I know the reason why I'm online is not for any other reason other than the gospel. I've been off now going to two weeks. I'm breathing. I've not died. Glory to God. See, they are happy that I'm not there. I'm not there, but my spirit is there monitoring all of you. And by the time I will return, I will return like a thief in the night. Number four, I hope you're all getting blessed. Drive our tool for the gospel, prayer. Kingdom expansion hangs and thrives on prayers. James chapter number five, verse 16. The effectual and fervent prayer of the righteous man avails much. Prayers. Prayers. Bible says in the book of Acts, that they were continually giving themselves to studying of the word and to prayers. 
Any church that would grow must be a praying church. Not just the church praying, the people too must be praying. So you are making, waking up in the morning, doing your devotions or whatsoever thing. You are interceding on behalf of your church. How many of you have prayed concerning the ark? I'm not talking just about casual prayer. Inter- taking it as a re- Lord, give us. Lord, favor us. Lord, raise the finances. How many people? God bless you. Thank you for doing that. God honor you. Prayers. The kingdom thrives on prayer. Bible says Jesus prayed so much that his sweat became like blood. Pray without ceasing. That's what the word of the Lord says. I've always told you, if you want more concerning that situation, pray more. But pray with understanding. So that you won't pray amiss. Why can't you rise and be an intercessor for the kingdom in the city of Regina? Or even for your local assembly, for your church. I was not a pastor. I would wake up. I mean, Friday evenings. I've been used to, you know, just, you know, I just, maybe it's because of my African background or whatever. It's weird to sleep off successfully and peacefully on a Friday evening. It feels strange. (laughs) Glory to God. It feels strange for me to be able to do that. I was not a pastor. The local assembly I was a part of there, RCGPPP, I will get a father in this city. Because I'm here, I declare, Lord Jesus, the gospel prevails. The gospel prevails. The gospel prevails. Service is coming on Sunday. Lord, quicken the hearts of the people. Lead them into your presence. Those who will be ministering, Father, instill your, your spirit in them. Let them minister by your power. I lift up my pastor unto you. Father, strength. I will keep interceding, not just for the church. Every church founded on Christ. Do you know no prayer goes to waste? A fervent prayer, none. You don't know there is something also called prayer bank. Your life right now is not just a manifestation or a reflection of the prayers. You know, you're praying right now. Many of you, it's for the prayers you've prayed in the past. Prayers, prayers. How many of you do? How many of you pray for your pastor, for his wife, for his um, children? How many of you do? How many of you give God thanks? I mean, if you've been following this ministry since 2018, look at the progression. Do you know we've never had a better last year in this church? In fact, last year is too much. We've never had a better last month. The Lord leads us, leads us, leads us, leads us, consistently adding to us Raising up, discipling us, teaching us, confirming his words in our lives on a consistent basis. You heard Sister Tammy's testimony um, uh, that was that two weeks ago or something, where she said that she was attending a church, but she attended the inaugural service of this ministry. So about two years afterward, or so, when she came back to Lofty High, when she started attending Lofty High, because the Lord told her, say that church is where I've planted you. Our life changed. She said she then began to ask herself, so what have I been doing all my life? Prayers. The more you pray for your local assembly, the more the grace upon the set man and the grace upon that ministry work in your life. And I don't need to know that you're praying. 
the Lord knows. The Lord knows. Glory to God. As I bring the service to a close, number four. Drive out or tool for the kingdom. This is the one you all don't like to hear. Financial stewardship. Financial stewardship. Financial stewardship. There ain't no gospel without money. <laughs> you hear me? There is no gospel without money. In this church, I've been lamenting for about two weeks now. Administering a church or running a church, an excellent driven one in this city, in this nation, it's expensive. When you all were coming in, did you see that flagpole banner, that feather banner outside? You saw it, right? When you were coming into church. How did you feel when you saw it? You felt happy, right? Okay, now. Do you know how much that thing cost? That's almost $500 sitting outside there. Almost $500. Almost $500. When you get back home, go and calculate your offering from January to this day and see if it amounts to $500. I'm saying this not to do whatever, but I'm just letting you understand that. The gospel cannot excel without money. Some people's funds were used to make that possible. You were the one who paid the people. Look at this roller banner here. This roller banner here. There is another one outside. This, they, they seem very little, right? Those things cost, they cost a fortune. Hey! This place, we spent over $6,000 without the gadgets, without TVs, without any of this instrument or any of what it's worth. Money is needed. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Yes, we don't force people to pay. There is no curse on anyone who is not giving tithe in this church or who is not giving offering. There is no curse. But do you know that if indeed you're a new creation and you have a heart for the Father, nobody has to tell you. You will never come a day in your life into God's presence without a gift to the Lord for the advancement of his kingdom. It will do your soul body somehow. You will know something is missing. Whether it's your own church or another church, you will know something is missing. Glory to Jesus. Your tithe is a tenth of your income, if you feel led. Don't tell me in New Testament there is no tithe. No, there is no tithe because they were giving 100%. Oh, yes. A tithe is tenth. In the New Testament, they were giving 100%. Bible says in Act of the number two, Act of the number four, they were selling their possessions, bringing all their stuff together, and distributing to each one as each one have need. And Bible says because of that, the Lord kept adding to the church, and they kept growing. They kept growing. That job that you're doing or that you're trusting God for, God didn't give you the job just for your own sake alone. Yes, what you currently do. The Lord has not given you that for your own body and soul alone. To keep body and soul together. No. He is giving you in trust. Knowing that you will use part of it for the advancement of his kingdom. You know the beautiful thing, the understanding I have about the kingdom of the Lord and financing it. I was talking last night during deeper about revelations and authority. How the weight of authority a man will command is dependent on the depth of his revelation. I have a revelation that 
every cent, anything I give towards the, the Lord's kingdom, it is not a waste. That's why I do it. You know one thing I've discovered, brother, that I'm Larry, if you consistently give offering in church, and you consistently give tithe, and you have the heart too, do you know God continues to make the strength and the grace available for you to continue to do it? There have been times I've been in this church, I would want to give offering and my account is red, and I'll still give offering. And I've never been broke, never gone without money, never been a day, you know, without food in my house. My car is never empty of gas. You pay all your bills, all your bills, you pay them every month. What are you giving towards the advancement of the Lord's kingdom? Don't say, I love the Lord. I belong to a local assembly. I'm a new creation. And your treasure is not speaking it. Where the treasure of a man is, there his heart will be also. Do you know that everything a man spends money on on earth, none has a record in heaven except one cent that you give to the Lord's kingdom? Many of those who actually don't give would be the one telling you, so why can't we, why can't we then have this one? So why can't we also do this one? I can you know, some people have been privileged to see the status of the church um, account. I remember when, some time ago, when someone began to manage that account, you know, and um, had access to the church flow of donations and all. Say, ah, so I, I thought the church has much more than these. I said, oh. I said, that's why you are now here. So that you will know. Glory to God. Father, we give you thanks. Let's rise up on our feet this morning. Financing the kingdom. Financing the kingdom. What beats are you doing? You have phone bill, you have rent, you have this, you have that. You know, when you say, why are you tithing? Someone will say, because I have so many bills to pay. That's why you'd always have bills to pay. Because you think that your income will pay your bills. Do you know that giving in the Lord's kingdom is faith? It's an action of faith. Okay, if the Lord says, empty your account to me now. The Lord is not asking me to tell you that, okay? Don't empty your account. If the Lord says, empty your account to the last cent to me now. And if you do, before you step out of the church today, I will give you times five. Would you hesitate to empty your account immediately? No. You know why you don't give? Because of fear of lack. If I give, I will not have. <laughs> Father, just lift up your hands and just give God thanks. Thank you for the entrance of your word, Lord Jesus. Some of you need to have passion to finance the kingdom. Can you make a prayer this afternoon, this morning, and say, Lord Jesus, bless me. Prosper me financially so I can advance your kingdom. So I can finance your kingdom. Thank you, Father. In lofty heights, we don't like bringing our services to a close without giving someone an opportunity to have a relationship with the Lord. So you're under the sound of my voice. You've not accepted the Lordship of Jesus, or you once did, and you went back into the world. 
Would you please, all eyes closed, all eyes bowed, say these prayers after me. Dear Father, thank you for leading me to your house this morning. I repent of my sins. Jesus, I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I believe that you died and I believe that you rose. Make me yours forever in the name of Jesus. I pray for every soul who desires to be a financier of the kingdom in this house this morning that the Lord gives you the grace. Because of his kingdom, may the Lord prosper you. May the Lord prosper the works of your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Abba Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen, amen, and amen. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.